We welcome you to the preaching service of the Scots Fork Christian Church. I'm Otis Clark, the minister, and we're so pleased to have you joining us. I'm going to continue my series, which I began the first Sunday in February, February the 4th, 2024. I've had to miss two weeks. I have had to have some stents put in my heart and, and I've had some pretty shaky situations, but God has brought me through and I'm so, so grateful. And so on this fourth Sunday here, the 25th of February, uh, 2024, I continue my messages and we're going to be reading the first 10 verses of the book, the second chapter of the book of Jonah. And uh, we're going to be talking about when the fish went manning. And so let's listen, if you will, uh, of the Lord. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, O Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now, uh, this morning, we're going to see a number of great lessons for us uh, as we continue in the book of Jonah. One of the big things that we will see as we have read here in the second chapter of the book of Jonah is that pain gets our attention. Uh, it's very important for us to know that, uh, that we need to remember that the whole ordeal of Jonah in the fish is a miracle. And if we believe, and I would say it like this, that God can create the heavens, the earth from nothing, he can make sure a person can do what God is recorded as doing as of read here in the book of Jonah. Now I want to do a little bit of recapitulating and ask a couple of questions. Last week I asked, or February the 4th, why did God give us a book about a life of a prophet? Most of the whole book is talking about Jonah. And the answer is that there are lessons that we can learn from the life of Jonah. Last week, or February the 4th, we left Jonah being tossed overboard. And today we will study John, uh, uh, the book of Jonah, the second chapter, the fish that went many. 
Now let's notice a couple of things here on the front end. Jonah was given a job to do by God and he decide, decided he was going to try to run from God. Now my message, my first message on February the 4th is that you can run from God, but you cannot hide from God. And how many times do we do the same thing or how many people do you know who are running from God? I ask you, as you are sharing this podcast on this kind of winterish morning here uh, in Kentucky, uh, where are you in life? Friends, it's hard for me to imagine that there's ever been a time when it's been harder to get focused on what really, really matters in life. Uh, and so many things beckoning our attention. And if we are not astronomically careful, uh, we may end up at the end of our lives looking back and saying, you know, if I'm honest with myself, I really haven't given much attention uh, to the Holy Bible, the teachings of the Holy Bible, my responsibility to seek to understand life, why that I am here, uh, how long have we been given. Uh, Bible speaks of three score and ten, and that's 70 years by God's mercy and God's grace, and many questions we can ask. But probably you do, and I know a lot of people, and we ask ourselves, what will it take to get them back on the right, right track? Sometimes it will take something drastic to happen in their lives, and they may need to be swallowed, so to speak, by a large fish. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. Now let's notice as we read from the scriptures in those verses are in those three days of climbing stomach walls. It took seawood, seaweed constantly tripping him up and wrapping around his head. The engulfing waters threatened me, he said. The deep surrounded me. The seaweed was wrapped around my head. It took a sense of complete failure and helplessness before he finally said yes. And we notice that he said, I will look again to your holy temple. You see, friends, when we are on the run from God, it usually takes something drastic to get our attention. For Jonah, even when it looks to the rest of us that his situation was bad at first, it still was not bad enough to bring him to his knees. I certainly appreciate the writing and the phenomenal thinking and the knowledge of the theologian C.S. Lewis. And he says it like this, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks into our conscience, but shouts in our pain. There are times God wants to show us dreams, but cannot because our eyes are filled with our own dreams. There are times God wants to place something in our hands, but they are full. Look, if you will, at the cross of Christ. Jesus had to open his hands to receive the nails. And so pain comes and shouts to us, hey, remember your God. Hey, that's the wrong way. 
Our situations can look bad to other people, but until we realize how bad things are, we will not turn to God. And after three days, it was time for Jonah to turn to God. The Bible tells us then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish. He, he said, I called out of my distress to the Lord. He answered me. I cried for help from the depths of Sheol. You heard my voice. Powerful teachings in God's word. And so we need to understand that uh, so many times, it's so sad uh, that it takes a particular uh, trial or painful situation to get us to slow down and to find seek to, where we can find genuine help you know as well as i do friends that when heartaches come when sickness comes when death comes when heartaches come when all kinds of things come we're going to look somewhere possibly in many places we're going to look to someone possibly many but I want to submit to you, friends, in your life, if you study life from beginning to end, and you try to think about life comprehensively as humanly possible, that you will find in life that you have no greater friend than Jesus Christ. I think about that great hymn that says, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And so Jonah says, I call out to my God, to my Lord in distress, and he answered me, he answered me. Trials dispel the notion that all is well. Out of his distress, Jonah cries out to the Lord for help. And so we need to see, friends, that sometimes we live in a dream world, unaware of where life is going, unaware of what we're doing to others. We may even think it doesn't matter what we do because there doesn't seem to be any consequences to our sin. But pain and the trials dispel that notion and gets our attention. Warren Wisby, a religious writer, says that concerning Jonah's prayer, his prayer was born out of affliction, not affection. He cried out to God because he was in danger, not because he delighted in the Lord, but better that he should pray compelled by any motive than not to pray at all. It's doubtful whether any believer always prays with pure and holy motives, for our desires and God's directions sometimes conflict. But however, in spite of the fact that he prayed, Jonah still wasn't happy with the will of God. He said he was afraid of the will of God and rebel against it. But now he wants God's will simply because it's the only way it seems that he can get out of his dangerous plight. Like new too many people today, listen to me friends, Jonah saw the will of God as something to turn to in an emergency, not something to live by every day of one's life. How sad that is. I would venture to say that if I were speaking to a husband and a wife, and if a husband felt that he was taken for granted and, and that he did many and many a thing, and then 
maybe uh, felt like it would have been appropriate that he received a thank you or some appreciation uh, because the situation was bad that probably could, could be mixed feelings. And so when we live our lives, we want to give unto our Father what is rightfully due him, what is rightfully his. As we live as husband and wife, we need to treat, uh, treat each other's right and so that there can be a beautiful marriage and beautiful harmony. But in, as we notice, as we continue to read uh, the scriptures, in spite of this, uh, the fact that he prayed, uh, it is important, but it's sad to maybe to feel like that he prayed because he felt there was nothing else that he could do. I will look again, he says in the fifth verse of that second chapter, and it, he says the engulfing waters, and let me look at it if you will, uh, threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped about my head, and in verse four, the last part, it said, yet I will look again to your holy temple. What a beautiful, beautiful thought. You see, waters had encompassed him, and the weeds were wrapped around his head, and on we could go. And Jonah feels alone. Jonah feels helpless. He feels broken. And sometimes we have to get to that place, loneliness, brokenness, and helpless, before we will reach back to God. Life is falling apart around Jonah, and he knows that God is his only hope. And friend, I hope and pray that as I'm sharing this podcast and speaking with different people who listen throughout the country and other parts of the world, that uh, if you are sharing in some very, very difficult times, uh, like I said just a moment ago, when we have those difficult times, we're going to look somewhere. We're going to look in a lot of different directions. We're going to seek help when we're hurting, when we're falling apart. Can I encourage you, friend, again, as I kind of alluded to in its own way, that the greatest hope that we have for our disappointments, for our sicknesses, for our loneliness, for our discouragement, for our deaths, as it is found in God the Father. A person who is running from God will not return in most cases until they are broken. So how do we respond to discipline? Well, when we look at Jonah, he despised it. Jonah did for the first three days. He refused to confess and repent. He refused it for a long time, needless to say, as we can read from the scriptures, to give up. But let me ask all of us a question. How we respond to this one, and we need to understand this, determines how much benefit we receive from it. For instance, in Hebrews, that tremendous book, I love the book of Hebrews, in the 12th chapter, verses 5 to 11, it points out that we can despise God's discipline and fight, or we can be discouraged and faint. We can resist discipline and invite stronger discipline, possibly even death, or we can submit to the Father and mature in faith and love. Discipline Friends, listen to this, is to the believer what exercise and training are to the athlete. It enables us to run the race with endurance and reach the assigned goal. Friends, uh, as I alluded at the front end of this podcast, I mentioned that I had to have three stints and I've been quite a sick fellow. And what we need to see that in life we're going to have sickness, we're going to have heartaches, we're going to have problems, we're going to have many, many things to come our way. 
And it's not so much as to what has happened to us as to how we respond to that. It can either make us bitter or it can make us better. And so we need to see the importance to endure the trial. If there is sin that needs to be confessed, confess our sins. Trust God to work everything out for his glory. And we notice that Jonah finally submits, he prays, he repents, and he trusts God who forgave him. He said, while I was fainting away, I remember the Lord, and my prayer came to me into your holy temple. Jonah's trial made him remember his God. The purpose of the discipline was to get Jonah's attention. And Jonah felt that he had lost the presence of the Lord. Jonah was ready to be back in the presence of the Lord again. And those who regard vain idols forsake their faithfulness. And how we need to see the many important things here for us in our daily lives. We ask the question, how many times do we live out our lives putting things ahead of God? Friends, I know I'm being a little bit repetitive here, but uh, it appears from the fruit that we see being born that the things of the Lord, the greatest book in all the world, the Holy Bible, one of the greatest institutions ever brought into existence, the body of Christ, the church, the holy things of our Father are being pushed further and further back, back to the back burner. And how I encourage you, I don't know how old you are, you may be 20, you may be 40, you may be 70, you may be 80, you may be 90. I don't know your age who are sharing this podcast, but can I challenge all of us to look at our lives and realize, as we have said in recent podcasts, the great teachings of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of the other things will be added unto you. I hope and pray as you look at your life that you realize basically there are four things in life. God, people, things, and self. And where you put God in your life is going to determine how you respond to people. It's going to, res it's going to determine how you respond to things. And it's going to determine how you respond to yourself. Jonah in the midst of his trial sees what is truly important is life as Solomon does at the end of the book of Ecclesiastes. Where your treasure is, friend, that's where your heart will be also. And so he says, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving that which I have vowed I will pay. Salvation is from the Lord. Pain many times, sad that we have to have it, but we know John in his writing said, in this world you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble. Listen to me, friend. I hope and pray as you're listening that everything is going your way. Everything's falling in place and everything's going perfect. It will not always be like that. I wish and wish it could, but that's not reality. You're going to have pain. You're going to have heartaches. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have disappointments. And pain opens our eyes to the need to thank the Lord for who he is and what he has done. We forget who gave us what we have. And pain reminds us to give thanks to praise him. And this prayer 
contained in John 2 is really, or Jonah 2, beg your pardon, is really a prayer of thanksgiving. Pain helps us to see the need to pray and to evaluate our situation from God's perspective. Jonah was in a very painful place when he finally began to pray. He said, you hurled me into the depths who threw him overboard. The sailors, yes, but ultimately Jonah sees God behind his circumstances that's looking at life from God's point of view. Such insightful perspective and wisdom in trials comes only through the light of prayer. We know as we read in the book of James, this is such important teaching. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Sometimes, friends, it's difficult to see God's hand stirring the storm. Certainly at times we are thrown overboard and fail to recognize that he's doing the tossing. There are times, too, when we are swallowed by monstrous circumstances and held captive, failing to understand that the great fish or whale was appointed by God. And prayer is what gives us three-dimensional perspective to see God at work in our lives and the strength to obey the Lord's command. Pain is designed to turn us from our sin, and repentance is the proof that we have responded properly to God's work in our lives. In the reading in the book of Jonah, he said, But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. Jonah now promises that he will do God's will and go to Nineveh. And friend, here's an important thing as we read the last couple of verses in this second chapter of the book of Jonah, and that is a word of caution regarding prayers made in distress that we don't promise what you do not plan to do. The Lord commanded the fish, it vomited Jonah up onto the dry land, and we see that Jonah wanted to repent. So God ended his ordeal in the valley of the fish, and Jonah's ordeal is over. But is it really? We will see as we look in the third chapter in the book of Jonah. And so I ask all of us that as we think about uh, where we are in life, as we think about the particular things we are going through, do we see the importance of realizing our only true, true hope in all the sin and all the pain is only found in Jesus Christ? Jonah didn't want, want to go to Nineveh because he knew that God's grace would save the city that Jonah wanted to see destroyed. Yet Jonah, in his distress, was thankful for God's grace in his life. Let me ask all of us, what do you do when you are, so to speak, in the belly of the fish? When you're in pain, when you are in distress, you may say, Preacher, I'm listening to you and I, I've never had any pain. I've never been in any distress. I've never had anything heavy to deal with. I'm happy for you. But as I said earlier in this message, you will have. So how do we handle it? Do we curse God? Do we run further? Do we try to fix it ourselves? Or do we run to God? Jonah finally realized that he needed God. And we need to understand, friends, we did so much more 
than we ever, ever realize. The Bible tells us it is not within man to know the direction that he ought to go. We read in his word, people are ever learning, but never coming to a knowledge of the truth. Today, we give you the opportunity to respond and to say, Lord, I realize that maybe even some of the pain, even some of the heartache, even some of the distress that I am sharing is because of decisions I have made. Ask the Lord to forgive you, and he will. Repent of them and turn your face totally to the one who is your hope, your only genuine hope, and the one who can give you eternal life. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your teachings. And I just pray amongst the many things that we see in this great teachings, these great teachings in the book of Jonah, that we can see he is our hope, that he is the one who can help us when we are caught up in the belly of the fish. He's the only one who can help us to find peace, real peace, who can have us find happiness, real happiness, and know the hope through Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen.